How do you truly thank those who contributed a lot to the Boston Red Sox? Well, two separate special people that meant a lot to the city of Boston were honored tonight in their final home games and tune into today's episode of Locked on Red Sox where we talk about it all. You are Locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday, straight to your favorite podcast feed for free. Who doesn't love free? And if you're looking for something else that's free, you can also download the SiriusXM app and search Red Sox, and they will give you the home broadcast of every Red Sox game for free. Only a couple games left in this season. I'm sitting here doing a sad face, and anybody who's watching this on YouTube can see that sad face. But if you are not, I promise you it is an expression as frustrating of a season as this was I will miss them after the next few days and I certainly have to give a shout out to everybody who's been supporting the show over the last few months in the time that I've taken over and really just constantly listening and making it your first listen of every day and everybody on Twitter who's really come together to support this team through the good and the bad and I promise I see it all and I see all the comments and I hope you continue to go on this journey with me because this offseason is going to be a big one and you won't want to miss it. So thank you for listening to another episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Locked on Red Sox is a place where we talk all things Red Sox, but that shouldn't exclude talking about Red Sox legends who really made an impact in the Boston Red Sox community at Fenway Park and in their tenure with the Red Sox organization. This man has done a ton for Boston, now is with Cleveland and is hanging it up. And he got a standing ovation, a really powerful one, actually, at Progressive Field in the Guardians' last home game um, of the season on Wednesday night. Terry Francona, former Red Sox manager, you also know him as Tito. What can you really say about him to do him justice and the impact that he made on the Boston Red Sox? I watched that video on Twitter, and for those of you who haven't seen it, definitely look it up because it's very powerful, of the Cleveland faithful giving him a standing ovation and this huge round of applause for just the amazing career that he's had. When you look back at his time with the Red Sox, you're always going to associate him with the guy who broke the curse, essentially. I mean, the Red Sox were in this drought, and it was really hard to feel like they were ever going to bounce back from that ever again. 
But when the Red Sox hired him in 2004, um, you know, after coming off of a tough loss in the 2003 ALCS to the Yankees, um, it's just truly special to think about what he did in that time. Led the Red Sox to a 98 and 64 record in 2004. Um, ironically, the second best record in the AL behind the Yankees. And then the second half of the season just really came together for them. They just gelled more than anybody else and just went on an absolute tear after the all-star break. And that's when you knew there was something special about that team. Um, And when you look at just that team in particular and what it had to take for them to go all the way, everything to go right Francona was at the helm for all of that. And yes, the players are the ones who play the game and are on the field, but having a manager who's a player's coach is a huge, huge reason for a team's success. And a lot of Red Sox players, former ones that played under him have said he was so good at connecting with the players. And I even heard a quote that said, when you were having a bad day or something in your life wasn't going right, you always could rely on him to turn your frown upside down or just make you not sad anymore and make your day better. And if you have a manager that can have that kind of impact on players, then that's the type of manager that you want in the clubhouse. And it's weird because I saw it on Twitter yesterday, somebody who said, even though Francona has been in Cleveland for so long. Like I'll always associate him with the Boston Red Sox. And that hit home for me because I feel the exact same way. And I think the memories that he created with the Boston Red Sox are much greater. And just what he was able to do with this Red Sox team is just truly powerful. I think, you know, there's, so many things that can be said about him and his management style. Um, And when it comes to the Red Sox, you know, they had a wild ride and he went through some obstacles with Boston. He just had teams that just really did not perform. Um, The 2006 team struggled significantly posted a 23 and 35 record over the last two months and ultimately ended up finishing 86 and 76, which was third in the AL East, but they had the potential to do better than that. They just could not figure it out um, in the second half. Obviously injuries were a key part of that, but it was definitely a letdown, but talk about bouncing back. I mean, the 2007 Red Sox were very deep and very hard to beat and, I'm grateful for the fact that he was there and was able to really keep those guys in check and help that 2017 to make that statement and be able to do what they did um, in 2007. I think he just is such a legend in the game of baseball and it's just not going to be the same without him simply put I mean he may be finishing with Cleveland but in my heart he'll always be a Boston Red Sox and you have to respect 
the dedication he had to the game of baseball. He played in it, understood the challenges of being a professional baseball player, and then came and started to manage. And the fact that he could really connect with his guys, I think truly helped with his success. And it was a sad day, honestly, when they decided to decline his option for the 2012 season because he earned his 1,000th win as a manager in 2011 in the summer. But that was the historic Red Sox collapse, which was so bad, finishing 7-20. and And it was just not a great month of September for Boston. Um, So then they decided not to bring him back for 2012, and he ended up with Cleveland. But I'll always appreciate what he did for the Boston Red Sox, and I'm sure you will too. So if you could take a minute and just reach out to me either on Twitter or comment on the YouTube video, and just let me know what your favorite – memory of Tito is what's your favorite you know thing that you're gonna always look back on and remember about his time in Boston I'm curious to hear your answers because there are so many different things that could be said about him and the impact he made but it's just so cool to see fans come together not just Red Sox fans but baseball fans in particular and just really acknowledge the impact he made on the sport because he's an absolute legend and that'll never go away Coming up, I'm going to be talking about another man who received a standing ovation, this time in Boston on Tuesday night, just became a beloved player for the Boston Red Sox. Super powerful. What does that mean? So I'm going to be talking about that next. Have you ever been stressed out trying to find tickets for any event, whether that's concert tickets, a sporting event, or a comedy show, anything that you like to do in your free time that you might need tickets for? Have you ever been stressing to get tickets or waiting till the last minute to hope that the prices drop? I've been in that situation before. And if you are in that situation, game time has you covered. All you have to do is go and download the game time app, search through all of the options they have of events in your area and you will find the event you're looking for at a much better price than a lot of the other ticket vendors are for. I've done it personally before, and it's turned out very successfully for me. I brought my fiance to a 50 Cent concert for his birthday. It absolutely made his entire birthday. The concert was fantastic, by the way. If you've never seen him live, you are missing out because he was super cool with all the effects. But I was able to purchase tickets on game time relatively last minute because I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to make the trip there and they had me covered. So all you have to do is just download it and find the best prices. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N- MLB for $20 off. That's locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The last minute tickets and lowest price guaranteed is so true. Just use that code locked on MLB to get that 20% off and you are covered. Justin Turner got a standing ovation at Fenway Park on Tuesday night in what could very well have been his last home game 
in a Boston Red Sox uniform. It was a cool moment. Alex Cora pulled him from the game in the sixth inning to allow for the crowd to really give him that ovation and recognition that he deserves for everything that he did for the Boston Red Sox this season. What the cool thing is to me about Justin Turner is that he only spent a year in Boston, but made an impact on the team that really made it feel like he spent more time here than that. To me, Justin Turner is the type of player that anybody should want in their team's clubhouse. He shows veteran leadership. He shows positivity. He knows how to play his positions well. He shows that he knows how to overcome obstacles. I mean, Justin Turner has been DFA'd in his career. He's been set back. He's been a backup. And he's really been through it all in his very successful career in Major League Baseball. And he's been somebody who's been able to show these younger players in the Red Sox clubhouse what it's like to go through those hardships and overcome them. If I am a Boston Red Sox fan, this was sad for me to see. I mean, I was going through all the emotions when I saw that entire Fenway faithful stand up and give him a standing ovation and really just show all the love that he deserved and the love they should have given him because that man was a difference maker to this Red Sox team this year. I don't care that they didn't make the playoffs. I don't care that they, you know, are probably going to finish with a losing record. All of that is, yes, a bummer. But besides all of that, that doesn't take away from the impact that Justin Turner made on this team. And what was also cool is the fact that he and his wife, Courtney, really embraced and loved the city of Boston. Courtney was constantly on Twitter, opening up to fans, interacting with fans, liking tweets, you know, interacting with the Boston media, thanking them for the compliments that they were giving Justin. And they really appreciated being here. And that's just so special because as historic as Fenway Park is, it's a really, really unique place to play baseball. And like I've said on the show before, not everybody can cut playing in Boston, but Justin Turner, to me, was a hero for the Boston Red Sox. A hero. And that's not a term that I take lightly. To me, a hero is somebody who encompasses all the characteristics that you want in somebody you look up to. Leadership. Kindness bravery, resiliency, support. And I could go on with that list of what I look up to in my heroes, performing their job to the best of their ability, which is not one word, but multiple words. Those are all things that you can say. And Justin Turner resembles all of those qualities during his time in a Boston Red Sox uniform. And if I didn't say that he was a hero for this team, I believe that I would be downgrading his effect on this team. Will he stay is the real question. He has a player option for next year. The question is, will he exercise it? Is he the type of player who would want to come back for another year? Or does he feel like he's ready to hang it up at this point? I would not fault him either way because he had a career year in Boston. When the Red Sox signed him, none of us knew what he was going to be like. None of us knew if he was going to pan out or not. None of us knew that he was going to make such a powerful impact on the Red Sox clubhouse. And to hear people who are around the team quite a bit 
say that there have been players who have said he's the best clubhouse leader that the Red Sox have ever had. That's a powerful statement, too, when you think about all the legends that have come through the Boston Red Sox clubhouse. There's obviously something about him that's able to help the younger players on the team. And I'd be curious to hear from some of those younger guys who have maybe come up and gotten their opportunity this year but are still finding their way because I'd be curious to know how Justin Turner helped them navigate that situation because this man's been through it all and when you talk about somebody who made a big move from a vastly different place in LA I mean I've been to Dodger Stadium that is just an absolutely different market different style of ballpark and just different environment to be at than Fenway Park Just so many differences between the crowd that goes to games at Dodger Stadium and the crowd that goes to games at Fenway. And not to mention just the move from West Coast to East Coast. That alone is hard um, for people. And it's a different lifestyle. It really is. If any of you have, have been to California, then you would know what I'm talking about. Because I spent a semester out in LA when I was in college. And wow, I was amazed at how different it really was. So When I think about Justin Turner and his ability to go from the West Coast to the East Coast and just embrace it so much with open arms, and even at the points in the season where the Red Sox were struggling and it felt like they weren't at the point where they wanted or needed to be, Justin Turner was still trying to lift the clubhouse up and still giving it 100% effort every single day, no matter what the outcome was. And he still was constantly always talking about wanting to put the team in the best position to succeed. And, you know, you don't even have to look at his stats to know how good of a season he had. But just to give you a little bit of insight, 275 batting average, 85 total runs, 96 RBIs and four stolen bases, to go along with a 345 on base percentage and a 457 slugging percentage. Together, it's an 802 OPS. I'm hoping that he gets to 100 RBIs by the end of the season, but again, with only a few games left, that likely won't happen because that would be cool to see. But regardless of whether you focus on those stats or not, it's hard to argue that the impact he made is really incomparable and it's hard to look at what he did and say there was another player that made that same impact as him. There just really wasn't. And I'm hoping for the best for him always, regardless of what that is. If he does choose to hang it up, all respect to Justin Turner. He's just a fan favorite and one of the best to ever do it. And he'll just always go down as an absolute legend and somebody who played the game the right way and was always well-respected. So, Justin Turner, if you hear this, please come back for a year. I would absolutely love that. I'm sure a lot of the Red Sox fan base would love that too. But if what's best for you is to not come back, that is the best choice, and we will support you no matter what. So thank you if that was your last home game in Boston and that, you know, Standing ovation really was the last time that the fans are going to see you walk into that dugout from the field. Thank you for everything you did for the city of Boston. You were a hero.
Coming up, I'm going to be talking about Tuesday night's frustrating game. The Red Sox did lose 5 to nothing to the Tampa Bay Rays. What went wrong this time? Going to be discussing it next. Should be used to that line by now. Do you love sports betting? Who wouldn't? It's super fun. If you want to succeed in sports betting, you have to download FanDuel. It's the number one sports betting app. You can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The thing about FanDuel is there's been so many success stories. I've seen a lot of people who have really cashed in because of a FanDuel bet. Don't you want to be like them? Download the app today and go for it because you never know how much money you can win. Also, don't forget that the SiriusXM does have you covered for the home broadcast of every Red Sox game. Just download the SiriusXM app on the App Store, search Red Sox, and you can get the home broadcast for free, I must add, of every Red Sox game so that you don't have to miss a single pitch of Red Sox baseball, which in 2024, I promise you, will absolutely be worth it. 2023, it wasn't so worth it, though, as the Red Sox just have had such a frustrating season, fell again on Tuesday night, this time five to nothing. The last two games, this two-game series against the Rays, were just a complete embodiment of the 2023 Boston Red Sox. They'd have some great games. They'd have some not-so-great games. They'd have games where the pitching was going well and the offense was not performing up to par, or vice versa. The offense would be getting the hits and the pitching could not figure it out. This two-game series showed one of each. On Tuesday night, the Red Sox could not figure it out on the pitching side. I mean, Tanner Houck just absolutely got blown out on Tuesday night and just could not figure it out. On Wednesday night, you had Brian Bayo, who did not have it either, um, gave up all five runs over six innings pitched to the Rays, um, recorded nine hits, struck out three and gave up two home runs. But the reality of the situation is Tampa Bay scored those five runs off of Brian Bayo and the Red Sox just could not give him the run support. Chris Murphy, John Schreiber, and Mauricio Jovera all came out of the bullpen and held down the four and did not give up any more runs in an attempt to keep the Red Sox in the game, but the offense could not deliver and come through. And as a result, they got shut out in their last home game of the season, which is really just par for the course at this point with this team. They only left four runners on base, so it's not like they really had a lot of opportunities that they squandered. It was more just the fact that Tyler Glasnow was absolutely dominating for Tampa Bay. I mean, he's just a great pitcher. He's had some injury problems, but when he's healthy, I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And the Red Sox offense just had no answers for him. At the end of the day, when it comes down to it, this two-game series showed me that the Rays are a better team than the Red Sox, and the Red Sox have some work to do if they want to compete with the rest of this division moving forward. Brian Bayo 
yes, he did not have a great start. It's great that he went through six innings. I think really at this point, Alex Cora was just trying to push him for as long as he could because he doesn't want to overuse and overwork his bullpen. And, you know, there's only a few games left. So why not just give him extra innings to pitch just to give him more exposure while he's still trying to learn? Overall, I encourage you to look past the start that he had on Wednesday and just think about how much potential he really has for this Red Sox team moving forward. He has some kinks he needs to work out. He still doesn't strike out enough hitters, in my opinion. Um, and over the last you know couple months, I've seen him start to feel a little bit more nervous on the mound when he has traffic on the bases and it's affected him, which he used to be so good at getting out of those types of jams. But it seems like as of late, he might be feeling a little less confident in those situations. So when you think about Brian Bayo's start on Wednesday, try not to think as much about what he did in that game. And don't let the struggling season that the Red Sox had overshadow the fact that he truly has the potential eventually to be an ace. If he continues in this development, he's not going to be an ace next year. I don't even think necessarily he'll be a true ace the season after. But I think over the next couple of years, if he continues to develop in the way that he has, then he could eventually be an ace for this pitching staff. I've said over and over that the Red Sox still need a true number one starter to go with him. And I think maybe even a number two and he would be the number three. Um, but I think overall, if he continues to develop in the way that he is, he can eventually be the ace. As of today, he has a 411 earned run average. He's gotten it significantly manageable. I mean, he struggled in his first few starts. He struggled in the month of April, um, but then he was able to decrease his earned run average throughout the rest of the season to the point where he was fluctuating in the threes for most of the season and is now at 411. And if he could have a season like that, that to me is a solid number two or three starter. Um, he needs to just continue to focus on improving in certain areas and developing certain pitches and primarily his pitch selection. He's going to get to the point where he's going to be facing tough hitters and knowing what he should and shouldn't be pitching to them is going to come with time. But it's something that I'd like to see him develop a little bit more the Tampa Bay Rays are a good team. I mean, they are in playoffs contention. Like, they are not a joke of a team, and they're still trying to win the division. I mean, they're close to Baltimore. Ultimately, likely the Orioles will win the division. But, I mean, Tampa Bay is right in the mix, and they have a lot of the pieces to be a team that can contend. So I'm not trying to put too much weight into Wednesday night's start because I think for the Red Sox, Brian Bayo's development is on the right track. And as they look to continue to develop this team and build what they're looking for for the future, Bayo absolutely is somebody who is likely going to be a big part of that. So keep your eyes on Bayo. Continue to feel confident in him because he has so much potential. I just think he isn't quite yet at the level he needs to be at and the place he needs to be at in order to be a really successful 
pitcher moving forward for the Boston Red Sox, but I absolutely do think there is potential there. And he's the type of guy who can eat a lot of innings and give you competitive starts throughout the season. And would I trust him in a playoff start? Yes. I really do think I would, and he has a way of buckling down when he needs to. So continue to watch him in 2024, see how he develops, but eventually he will be the Red Sox ace. Like I always say, don't worry. Everything will be okay eventually. You know, it might not feel like it right now, but the Red Sox are about to have a big offseason, and I'm going to be here for it along for the ride with you to break down all the moves the Red Sox do make and analyze them and just really figure out, is it going to work for this team or not? So be excited for that. Keep the faith, go Red Sox. And I will talk to you on the flip side.